Hi guys, this is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about birds. All right, guys, we're going to talk about birds today. Birds are warm-blooded, which means they can regulate their body temperature, and they have a backbone, which makes them vertebrates, just like us and other mammals as well as um, other animals, reptiles, amphibians, fish. Unlike mammals, however, they lay eggs and have toothless beaked jaws. But this is not, allowed, this is not what allows them to fly. Uh, their wings, feathers, and um, lightweight skeletons enable the birds to fly. That's what allows birds to fly, and that is why we cannot fly. Overall, there are 10,000 species of birds in the world, and they've spread across the world, you know, because there's such a diversity and such a variety that they were able to spread almost everywhere from cities to islands, you know, it's crazy, but how do they do it? How do they fly? What is the purpose of their feathers? Why do they migrate? Uh, What are they used for nesting material? These questions and many more will be answered on this episode. All right, so let's get into it. Birds evolved from reptilian ancestors long time, a long time ago, millions of years ago. And they started hunting in trees, which probably led to the development of bird-like characteristics, such as their large eyes, their grasping feet, and their long snout with pointed teeth, which evolved into a bill. Their feathers, one of the most important parts, I guess you could say, for flying, and important, no, it's a necessity for a bird, evolved from the scales of the reptilian ancestors and transformed the world of birds. And it made a bird into what we know, uh, you know, what we know a bird is today and what it is, you know, what it looks like, what it sounds like, how it protects itself. All of this stuff was from these ancestors. So originally the feathers were used for insulation only, but as we know now, obviously, they're used for flying. The earliest, one of the earliest known bird fossils is 150 million years old, dating back to the Jurassic period, which was a time when dinosaurs actually ruled the earth. And they were, you know, the most prosperous. They walked and controlled almost, yeah, I could safely say all of the land (laughs) on the earth. And birds and mammals were not super predators at the time like they are now. Like, you know, lions and hawks and eagles and bears. They were not that big. They were small animals. And they were the prey for the larger dinosaurs. But the bird fossil that was 150 million years old, uh, its name, the name of the species was Archaeopteryx. And it was a mix, uh, a missing link, if you will, of reptilian and avian features. Um, You know, it had wings and feathers like a bird, but it had a snout and toothed jaws like a reptile. Um, of course, this was just like an early sketch of birds, you know, how are they going to turn out? 
you know, as evolution uh, be, uh, you know, continue to evolve, how was it going to turn out? You know, what what was the final des- what was the final image of a bird going to look like? You know, it was just starting. So birds began to diversify into many, many different species in the Cretaceous period. This was the period that was the end of the dinosaurs. This is when they went extinct, you know? But this is when the biggest dinosaurs came about. So birds and mammals, they were still not at the top. Uh, After the dinosaurs went extinct, birds managed to survive that mass extinction. And they are now the super predators we know today, the ones that are predators. They are super predators. And these are the ancestors of the birds that are alive today. Because Archaeopteryx, its lineage is extinct. It is important in bird um, evolution, but its lineage is extinct. The birds in the Cretaceous period have led us to where we are today. Birds are not the only animals that can fly, but they most definitely stake the claim on flying. When you think of a flying animal, it's a bird. You know, that's the first thing most people think of. There are two modes of flying for birds, flapping and gliding. Flapping does not create lift or, you know, make the bird fly higher, but produces lift by increasing airflow over the surface of the wing. So that's what produces it, not creates it. So this is why most birds need to flap their wings to get airborne, you know. They need to get higher. They need to produce this lift to elevate themselves. Gliding or soaring, uh, either or, it's exchangeable, um, requires little energy, but it loses height as the speed drops. So what birds will do is they'll hold their wings out and rarely flap them, which is what gliding is. And it doesn't take a lot of energy, so it's energy efficient. But you'll lose speed eventually, you know, uh, and you will lose height. So... Sometimes it's not the most efficient, but it is most definitely energy efficient. I don't know about efficient in all the other ways, though. So most birds can fly, but some have lost the ability to, such as penguins and ostriches. And flightlessness can come about um, if an area doesn't have any predators or very few predators where it doesn't need flight, you know, or if flight becomes unnecessary. In the case of the ostrich, They uh, prefer to be big and strong on the ground instead of small and nimble in the air because you cannot be that heavy and and be able to fly. There's a specific weight limit, you know. That's why some creatures aren't able to fly, not only because they don't have the physical attributes to, but... They wouldn't be able to even if they had wings or feathers because they're just too heavy. Penguins is one of the um, examples that you could use for an area that has few predators. They they are eaten by leopard seals and killer whales. So they do have predators and main predators, but they don't have a lot. So that is probably why they lost the ability to fly. But they also are able to swim. So they've taken up another uh, mode of transportation. So it's, you know, exchangeable in that way, I guess. They didn't just give it all up and just waddled, you know, not in, uh, not an efficient way to get around and an easy target for predators. They swam. 
Um, feathers are unique to birds, and they're made of the same material as our hair and nails. Now, our hair and nails are made of keratin. So a feather is made of keratin as well, which means it can be tough and flexible. You know, if you've obviously, you know, if you're combing your hair or something like that, and um, let's say, you know, you have some of it or something like that, and you feel it, it's like, this is so flimsy, you know, or your nail, like, how can this provide lift? But it is strong and it's flexible is what it is. Strong, flexible, but it seems flimsy, but it's not flimsy, flexible. Okay. And feathers can be easily damaged, right? But birds regularly clean them and straighten them. An exercise known as preening. That's what preening is. Regularly cleaning and straightening feathers. But birds can also clean them by bathing, which is what bird baths are for, scratching and sunning. So there are many different ways they can clean them. They are shed and replaced once a year. So they're growing continuously. And um, there isn't just one type of feather. You know, you might think, oh, you know, there's just one type of feather and birds use that to fly. There are actually four and each one has a different purpose. But flying birds are the only ones that have four different types. You will not find a penguin or an ostrich with four different types of feathers. They're not flying birds. So the first type is down feathers. Down feathers are used for insulation and they keep the bird warm. Right. It, let's say if it's cold outside, and you know you they need warmth. Their down feathers will protect them. Contour feathers provide the streamlined covering over the body. Right. That's the normal feathers that we see, and the long tail feathers are used for flying and steering. So it's almost as if the tail feathers are a steering wheel, and the contour feathers. Well, those, those are the body cover, but the tail feathers are most definitely the steering wheel. Wing feathers are long and rigid, and these feathers actually provide the lift for flight and maneuvering. They are not symmetrical. If you look at a lot of types of feathers, you will see that they are symmetrical, but unfortunately, you know, <laughs> sorry, wing feathers are unevenly shaped right? And it's, it's a little weird because you expect feathers to be shaped in a way where, you know, you can split them down the middle and it's half and half because it's streamlined. So at first it seems unfortunate, but, you know, these wing feathers actually, um, w when the wind goes over the wing and, of course, the feathers. These feathers help manipulate the wind into um, helping them get higher or creating lift, producing lift. So, you know, there is a purpose to the um, unevenly shaped wings. No, unevenly shaped wing feathers, not wings. There are many different wing and tail types for many different species of birds. And remember this, there are 10,000 species of birds alive today. 10,000. So remember that. 
you know? There are many, many, many types of bird species and many types of wing and tail types for each bird species. And each has a different purpose. So they can explain the way they fly and overall their lifestyle, you know? Let me give an example. Albatrosses, it's a very, albatross is what it's called, but just as a group, albatrosses, they're very, very large birds, and they have extremely long wings, and they spend long periods flying over the open ocean, and they have extreme, yeah, like I said, they have extremely long wings because they need to be aloft for this much time. They need to be in the air for this much time. And their wings are what allows them to do that. If their wings were, you know, short, they would not be able to reach the altitude they do or stay in the air as long as they do. So that is very, very, very impressive. You know, they are also a very large bird. So that's even more impressive. The bill of a bird can also determine its lifestyle, as well as its diet. Pointed dagger-like bills that herons have are used for spearing fish. Strong conical bills that finches have are used for cracking seeds. Small slender bills that warblers have are used for feeding on insects. There are many, 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 many uses for a bill, and there are many types of bills. It's just like wing and tail types. Just like wing and tail types. Just like bird species, there are a lot of wing types, tail types, bills, and birds. There are a lot. So I'm going to list a few more. Small slender bills um, have warblers. That's where we uh, stopped. Um, Sharp hooked bills that eagles and owls have are used to rip open prey. And these are the predators, the main predators. And there are many beak types, like I said. And they specialize. They're specialized, you know, to match the diet and the lifestyle and the environment, all three. So birds are known for making nests. We know this to be true, right? But surprisingly, most birds will lay their eggs on the ground and only some use a nest. A nest provides safety and insulation for the eggs and young. Nests can be made from almost anything, from vegetation and feathers to snakeskin and animal hair. That's right. Almost anything. The most common type of nest is an open cup. Now, there are many, many, many types of nests. Not as many as bill, wing, uh, tail, or bird species, all of those types. But, you know, there are a lot of them. Um, Some of them are circular, but... The most common is an open cup, most common type of nest. Birds are also known for their seasonal migrations. Now, we know that some birds will migrate, geese, ducks, you know, we know these birds to migrate. And many species of birds migrate in the winter. That's the main time they migrate. When temperatures are colder and they want to go to a warmer destination. And... um. So they will fatten up, and that's what will help them sustain them on their journey. If you know black bears, I know they do this, as well as brown bears when they get ready for hibernation, they will stock up on food reserves. They'll eat a lot for the upcoming winter. 
where they will hibernate and they will just stay in almost stasis, you know, for such a long time. And it's because, you know, they want to conserve their health and um, their state because it's so cold outside. It's just not worth the risk of, you know, um, potentially harming yourself in the cold weather, you know, or, you know, falling risk to a disease, infection, you know, possibly even dying. You know, it's just not worth it. So they hibernate. But bears don't migrate, which is why they hibernate, you know. And migration takes up a lot of energy, which is why some animals don't do it. But um, animals that are already in warm weather don't need to migrate, right? Warm weather is where most animals, you know, want to be. And I don't blame them. Warm weather is great, you know? So when migration takes place or when it happens, um, these specifically birds that are migrating are coming from cold places or colder places than where they are going. You know, they're not going to a colder place. That just doesn't make any sense. You know, it wouldn't make any sense. Why would you go to a colder place? It, it <laughs> When you are already in a cold place, you're leaving the place because it's cold and you're going to a colder place? No, it just doesn't make sense. And um, yeah, not all species participate in uh, migration, but a lot of bird species participate in migration. All right. Guys, that's it for today. Come back next week to see scaly serpents and crawling lizards. This is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Be sure to comment and subscribe. Thank you for listening.